0: Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library.
1: We had a fun adventure together recently. We did. It, it was really great. We went to Yosemite axe-throwing. <laughs> place, store, game, shop, shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, here in Mammoth Lakes. We went with our spouses. Yeah.
2: We went together, which is we, nice. We haven't was, done an adventure together in a while, which is kind of special. And to have
1: all four of us, that was really, really fun.
2: Yeah. And then to give each of us sharp implements to toss across a room, uh, that was even more
1: fun. That was, it was a little scary at times, I have to say. So Yosemite axe throwing is, is, It's been around for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and we had a, a lovely host, if you will, Justin, who was our, our guide to throwing axes at targets.
2: He was a really cool dude and really, really really patient
1: and, and very helpful. And yeah, patient is the, the best word for him, I think. But, um, he was a great ambassador of axe throwing. That's a great way of phrasing it. Thank you. Yeah. I thought so too. So, the whole idea at Yosemite Axe Throwing is that you are given several different types of axes, like an axe that you would chop a tree down with. Right. Right. And they're, who knew there were different kinds? They're all, they look different. They weigh different. They have different Mm -hmm. colored handles. And you take these axes and you throw them at a target. That is made out of a log. Right. And painted like a bullseye.
2: Yeah, around.
1: round, yeah. Yeah, it's round. It's
2: got <laughs> a, a round it's of like wood. a target,
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, bullseye. Symbol, bullseye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you throw the axes at the target and sometimes you, you hit it and sometimes you don't. And it's really fun.
2: Yeah, you know, I think both of us were kind of pleasantly surprised at a, just how fun it was and b, how easy it is to kind of pick it up. I mean, I'm yeah. not the most dexterous person on the planet. Um, I can't throw a baseball in a straight line to save my life. <laughs> and you know, the ax aisles aren't, aren't as long as bowling alley aisles, right? right. I mean, they're fairly short, um, which I'm sure they do on purpose. I'm right. sure, um, it helps. Um, but you know, Justin was really good showing us some basic throws, overhand, underhand, Mm -hmm. from the hip, all this kind of stuff in the hour that we had there. And all four of us got really good pretty quickly. We
1: were able to hit the, the bullseye. Almost all the time, yeah, more and often than not. It was, yeah, and at least, or at least get the axe stuck on the target, right? You know, that That's success for me, something, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then there are, there's like six or seven lanes mm-hmm. in the place, I would say. And one of the lanes, there are two bull, bullseye targets that you could be in the cage with another person. We did not try that, we all stayed in our own lanes. Yeah. For fear of losing toes or other body parts. So we, we, but Justin was great because he kind of brought us along slowly, like mm-hmm. showed us an easier, um, toss, mm-hmm. you know, and then fancier ones as we got more into the hour. And yeah, it was, it was really fun, but I mean, who knew that axe throwing was a thing? I did not know this.
2: I've only discovered it it recently. And this was the first time I tried it.
1: Me too. Yeah. I had not ever been there before. And what Justin explained to us is that the, the owner, the founder of this company, mm-hmm. his name is Nate is a guy who competes on the worldwide stage mm-hmm. of axe throwing and has won competitions. And I mean, it's a, it is a thing. It's like a, yeah, so I was saying, Oh, this should be in the X games, but there aren't summertime, you know, it's like summertime things. So the X games are winter <laughs> games. So like in, in alternative Olympics or something, yeah. it, you know, it's kind of like a contest. It's like, like
2: darts that. or bowling, but with heavier blades. Um, yes. Um, And, uh, you know, I remember growing up and watching lumberjack games on TV. Right. This is, I just kind of felt like slid into that category. I Um, agree. They're, they're pretty proficient and pretty amazing. I don't think I could ever get that good, but you, you get good enough in the hour that you have and you feel it's been a satisfying experience. Like you didn't fail. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I took it.
1: And, you know, your shoulder felt like you had done something, you know, <laughs> after throwing an axe for an hour. Sure. It, you know, you, you had a little burn going in your shoulder, which was nice. And, yeah, um, no, it was super fun. And you do have to make a reservation. So yeah. if you're listeners, if you're going to come up and you want to try axe throwing, you just call Yosemite Axe you can look them up online and we'll put a link in our show notes yeah. and you can call and make a reservation to meet Justin and,
2: and go with your, your significant other like we did yes. and you'll learn just how good they are at axe throwing, which for me was a little disturbing. Like I need to be a little more careful around the house I, now.
1: Right. Exactly. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm, I might not push back so hard if I, <laughs> I disagree with something Joe says now, because he, he was definitely He was totally good at it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But it was so much fun and a great way to spend Saturday afternoon with indoors. our friends indoors yeah. and yeah, it was really great. And you can you can rent the whole place out if you have a big it'd be really fun to do that like for mm-hmm. a party.
2: Yeah, it would be. So. Yeah, yeah, it would be fun.
1: Yeah, so listeners, next time you're visiting or if you live here, check out Yosemite axe throwing. Tell tell Justin we sent you. You'll get nothing, but you know, <laughs> he'll treat you well and yeah, enjoy it. Let us know what you think if you do. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Oxygen. A colorless Odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number 8 and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved, suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen Starved Podcast, a colorless, odorless, culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now.
1: Welcome back, listeners. We are at the Be the book section of our podcast, and we have a different kind of book to talk about today. Don't We've never talked about a graphic memoir. No, before. I don't think we have.
2: Yeah. We were just chatting about, you know, are there many out there at this? I mean, there are more than there used to be. Yes. And the, probably the most famous one and the first one that I ever heard of came out in the nineties and that was Spiegelman's mouse, M-A-U-S, which I think a lot of people have read. It was a memoir about his family's experiences in, you know, the Nazi concentration Mm -hmm. camps and what have you. Um, but yeah, this one's a very different one.
1: Very different, but very entertaining. Yeah. And it is called This Country Searching for Home in Very Rural America. And I'm gonna let you pronounce <laughs> the author's name so I don't butcher it.
2: <laughs> by Naveed Madavian.
1: And he is the author and the illustrator. And the
2: illustrator. He's a New yes. Yorker cartoonist now, yes. right? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 which is imp- I love New Yorker cartoons, so I was impressed by that. <laughs> but the basic Plot of this um, story is he and his wife, who are city people from San Francisco, decide to move to rural Idaho to get away from it all and try a different experience where they can afford to live, where Mm -hmm. he can do his cartooning and, you know, they can start, try to start a family. So they go off in their car to nowhere Idaho. (laughs) They bring a tiny home onto their property, Mm -hmm. which is fairly a large piece of property. Six acres. Yeah. That's a good size. And they plop that, the house down in the middle of the land and, Hijinks and Sue. Hijinks
2: and Sue for the next three years. Yeah, yeah I think that we were chatting. This is a, a story that is not unfamiliar to people who live in rural areas like right. we do, right? Yep. And how many young couples do we know that have or including us at some level, have left urban life to come live here. And sometimes you know what you're getting into, and sometimes you don't don't know what you're getting into. And what I loved about this young couple, his wife's name is Emily, is that they bought their six acres after a trip to Idaho. They realized they just want to give it a shot. They bought their land sight unseen. Right. and then they just they're just going to go for it. They have an Amish company build yep. their tiny right. home and deliver their tiny mm-hmm. home, and then it's basically covers three years of their life right. living there and who they meet, who their neighbors are, and how they get by. Yes, um, and there's some expected things and some unexpected things. Yes, and and
1: MR. and lots of moments that resonated with our experience you know, our mm-hmm. collective experiences and many of the, the guests that we've had on mm-hmm. on our show have had similar experiences. You know, this idea that, you, you know, just being in nature is, is enough, that mm-hmm. that is going to change who you are and, you know, your your whole philosophy of mm-hmm. life. And that doesn't happen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, it, or it happens in an unexpected way. Right. Because right? they learn some harsh lessons. Yes, so
1: they do. And these are some... Fairly quickly. Fairly quickly, <laughs> as
2: you would, as those of us who live in these places understand, yes. if you you know, buy a car and you go and live where it's regularly negative 37 degrees in the winter, you need an engine block heater. And if you don't have that, you can't start your car. And if you live on six acres of land, 20 miles away from the nearest town, you know, you may not be able to get your car to start for a week or two and you're going to need help, you know? And so this is a harsh lesson they learn, right? Um, you know, and then also just the distance of being so far away from town. Right. Exactly.
1: And they can't just get supplies right away and they want to grow their own food and their own vegetables, but that takes time to grow your own. You might not get a crop, you know, your first year out and that's new to them too. And if you do,
2: you might be sharing it with a local wildlife. Right. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and he he talks about, he was so excited to come to this place so he could yell at wildlife to get Mm -hmm. off his property (laughs) because... It like they listen, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly, but it is I mean what I liked about the and we're not going to really give away this story no. and it is a graphic memoir, it's not very long. you can read it in two hours. We have mm-hmm. it at the library. What I liked about this couple was their optimism and how they kept regenerating that optimism yes. through their their time doing this he was a she was an artist, he was a fifth grade school teacher right, that's right, which was awesome, right, right, so he kind of brings this kind of what he calls a sense of humor to the whole thing right anyway and and, you know, wanting to really um dive into being a cartoonist and all this other kind of stuff. They start they restart the community movie theater. That's hilarious. And they're gonna do like an art house at this tiny little town in rural Idaho. And they keep asking people or telling people about it. And all the locals are like, oh, you should show John Wayne movies. Right,
1: exactly. And that's all the locals want to see. Are, and that's the all that they will come for right. is the, that. John so, Wayne movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also like, too, how, you know, he, we should say that he is of Middle Eastern descent. Right. And so they have to tackle that yeah. um, the whole thing, too, about... That he looks different than yeah. the the people around him the the neighbors they do encounter who live far away, right, but who don't always appreciate him being there and you know are suspicious of what is he doing there, and yeah, it, it takes some time
2: it's interesting that that because we all kind of experienced that too, the Mm -hmm. um, going again from, you know, growing up in an urban environment. He was born in Florida. Like his parents emigrated from Iran before the revolution back in the seventies and they couldn't get back. So they just stayed in the States and he was raised as an American, right? Right. Um, And so that's kind of his outlook and he's reminded, oh yeah, my skin is a different color than everyone else here in some of these conversations because they ask him, are you Muslim? And, you know, they start, you know, telling him about their conspiracy theories and how they're convinced that Isis has training camps set up all through right. Idaho like right. and where are they getting their information from And he's this lone dude um, not quite you know part of the community yet like right. how do I respond?
1: Yeah and he doesn't he he doesn't quite know how to take that he doesn't. you know because he do, I don't think he sees himself until he's lived in this community for a while and realizes that he's Different. Yeah. They, they perceive him differently.
2: And that's one of the things that I think um, he wrestles with because he, they are also, on the other hand, nice people. They right. rescue him from a snowbank when he drives mm-hmm. off the road. They bring wine to his house. They bring beer to his house. And good wine. And good wine. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get in the local grocery store. And, um, but you know, it's, still, I remember there's something where he's meeting his, a couple of their quote unquote neighbors right. from far across the fields um, for the first time. And they ask him, are you, are you Muslim or Islam? And he's like, I'm from, you know, my family's from, Iranian. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's, oh, okay. that's okay.
1: right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's
2: an odd response. Yeah. But um, you know, it's just, that just gives him right front and center a little flavor of what rural Idaho is currently like. This was the late this is 2016 to 2018 or something, right.
1: like right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, before pre-COVID.
2: Pre-COVID, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting.
1: It it was it was really an interesting story, and their their um, the situations that they find themselves in, and how they get out of them, and and navigating their neighbors, and the proclivities of a remote rural town.
2: Well, and also. It, it, there's a lot of humor in this book. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of self-deprecating humor yes. in, in his memoir. He There's a lot of funny parts here too, right? Where it's yep. just like city folks, you know, in the country, this is what's going to happen kind of thing. And then a huge appreciation for
1: nature. Yes. Well, I think that was something that gave them a little bit of an edge is yeah. that they, they did really appreciate looking at the 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 stars in the sky and, and mm-hmm. the the expanse of the landscape around them. You know, they really appreciated that and wanted to be immersed in that yeah. and and we should comment on his beautiful um, little his drawings that right. that tell the story are really I I don't know much about art at all as mm-hmm. if you've listened to this podcast for a while you know that but um, the Washington Post did an article on on this book and they they called out a few of his um, techniques you know using that he uses a simple. Um, deceptively simple ink wash style that he makes fantastic use of the DeLuca effect to show animation. Uh, he's clearly a very. Um, talented, uh, well-studied artist.
2: Yeah. One that engages the reader, right? Mm -hmm. We were chatting about this before we started recording was that, um, a good graphic memoir or a good graphic novel, the art is as important as the story. It helps bring you in and set the tone and all this kind of stuff and different artists do it in wildly different ways, but each one can be as compelling. This one I found delightful. It's, it's fairly I don't know all the fancy terms. I just found it kind of simple and approachable mm-hmm. and it made the story move fairly quickly. Yeah.
1: The the drawings are really compelling and there's not a lot of words, right. you know, that to narrate the drawings because there doesn't need to be, they, right. the drawings speak from for themselves and it was real. it was super fun.
2: Yeah. A super fun
1: so. way to read a memoir.
2: And, and you know, one that I think will resonate with a lot of people who live or visit the East side for sure. Um, and then also just one that doesn't shy away from some of the social issues that we're all dealing with, even if we live more remotely right. than people in suburban or urban areas do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, that the, the book is called This Country, Searching for Home in a Very Rural America. We will put a link to this in our show notes and we hope you'll check it out and let us know. If you do, let us know what you think. In the meantime, take a deep breath, and we'll be right back.
0: Ample oxygen is a basic requirement for human molecular metabolism.
2: Welcome back, listeners. We are at the C conversation portion of our podcast, where we bring in a a local who contributes uniquely to our live-work lifestyle here on the east side. And today, I'm super pleased to um, introduce you all to Matt Ulery. Matt, thank you for joining us. Hi, Matt.
3: Hi, thanks. I I really appreciate you all having me and um, I'm excited to to chat with you all about what we've been doing.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I should say up front, you know, I met Matt through a project um, we're kind of working on together, which really he's doing. We're providing the <laughs> space in libraries around Mono County and that's the Mono County Social Services Department got a grant to train senior citizens in tech, how to use tech and all things tech, which we are learning is really all things tech. So um, it's been pretty successful so far. So that's how I met Matt and we invited him on the podcast, Tucker little bit more about that and also his other work. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining Matt.
1: Thanks. (laughs) I I
2: really appreciate it.
1: We're excited to hear more about what seniors want to learn in tech. I'm dying to know, like, what are the questions that that they ask?
2: Because they're a little bit closer to your own. Is that?
1: Okay. We're going to go there. Okay. (laughs) All right. Sure. (laughs) <laughs>
2: no, I freely admit I have a lot to learn in tech, but let's start from the start. Start from the beginning, actually, not the start. It's a whatever. I'm already fumbling words. Matt, let's get to you. Tell us a little bit about your Mono County origin story, your Eastern Sierra origin story. What brought you here? Where are you from?
3: For sure. Um, well, I'm I i, I I'm from California, um, grew up in, um, in the East Bay, and mm-hmm. then um, after... After college, ended up living in uh, in Oakland for about, gosh, almost eighteen years, and then um, my wife and I um, pretty much had been coming out to the east side, specifically to Bishop, to uh, to go climbing, mm-hmm. and after about ten years of coming here. Uh, one time we were on a climbing trip out here and, uh, she injured herself and we decided that maybe climbing on an injury wasn't the smartest idea. So (laughs) we, uh, we were already in Bishop and we were going to be there for the rest of a week. So we're like, what what do we go do? What else is there to do besides (laughs) climbing in Bishop? Perennial question. Oh yes. We all
1: ask ourselves that question. (laughs) For sure.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, if you're not into, in, in. If you're not going to, if you come there to go climbing and you can't go climbing, what do you do? And mm-hmm. we, we quickly found out that there was a lot that we really loved about Bishop when we stepped away from the climbing areas. Not that we didn't love the climbing areas also, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of scary how aligned it was with the rest of our life. Um, and then, you know, in general, we found that we were coming to Bishop pretty much like we would leave on Friday evening right after work and then (laughs) stay as late as we could on Sunday and then have a struggle bus day on Monday at work (laughs) from getting home so late. And, um, I, I I think we both just got to a point where we were like, why are we not just moving here? Yeah. And, um, as, as I feel like a lot of people that I talk to, they finally get, get to that point. Um, and yeah, we just pulled the trigger and made it work. Um, we were very, Lucky, blessed, I guess you could say, that my wife works for a company where it was remote first. Mm. So um, that worked out very well. And I moved out here and for the first time in my life since I was 13, did not have a job, which was terrifying. <laughs> 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 I think I got very used to always having a job. Yeah. Um, and uh, got very lucky, ended up working for for Mono County for a handful of years um, in the IT department. Okay, um, Yeah. And then... Now it's been almost two years since I left the county, and uh, I've been doing consulting work on my own with with local clients from nonprofits and small businesses. And then now, again, coming uh, full boomerang around and working again with uh, with Mono County on this seniors technology project.
2: That's awesome. So it's tech consulting that you do.
3: Um, yes, and I mean yes, generally, um, I would say that. The vast majority of my clients, the work that I do with them is around how to implement technology in their business to increase engagement or Mm -hmm. improve operations or profitability, whatever it might be. But yes, it's typically how to leverage that technology to achieve a goal. Um, And I think nowadays you kind of have to have that technology side Mm -hmm. of your business, Um, no matter what you're doing, selling, offering, you know. It's the new yellow pages. <laughs> it is.
1: So did you, had you ever anticipated before your, your wife had the accident, you know, that kind of forced you to look outside of your passion? Um, did you, had you ever considered living here full time before or?
3: Oh yeah. I i had, I had wanted to move here for years before that incident. I just didn't want to push anything on her. It was mm-hmm. like, Oh, if you. Oh, you want you are interested in moving? Yes. I, I would love to also. That sounds great. Um wonderful. Let's let's look at houses and oh you're excited. Me too. Like let's do it, you know. Um but no, I was I was convinced years before that it'd be really fun to to move out here um and just a good alignment. Yeah. But um you know, I think in, in every relationship, you have to make sure there's a uh, mutual interest in a big thing mm-hmm. like that and you can't force it on somebody else. So.
1: so we just talked about a book where a couple moves from the Bay Area to a rural area in Idaho oh. and about their their struggles and what was, you know, difficult for them. What was the most difficult thing for you guys leaving a, an urban area and coming to live here? You know, was there one thing that stands out to you as being real that this was the hardest hump we had to get over? Um
3: I I mean, I think I mean the, the the normal challenges, right? Of like, oh, I I I want this thing and I can just go to the store, like wherever it might be, and just go pick it up immediately. Or for, for me, I do I do a lot of woodworking. Um oh. so it was oh, I'm just going to run to the hardware store and pick up a thing and it's going to cost me $2. And now when I go out here, it's like, oh, that same thing is $7. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I mean, it's, I don't know, I, I try to think about what I lost and I f- try to think about what I gained. Mm-hmm. And it's right. I think it's about the trade-off. Like, sure, the 2 by 4 costs me more money, but look where I get to be. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, and I... I don't know. I think, I think we are both just at a really great point in our lives mm-hmm. where the trade-off made complete sense and awesome. and it didn't feel like we were losing anything. Yeah. I mean, do packages take longer to get here is, you know, things like that. Sure. But like, I know my neighbors and they're all like really wonderful people and everybody you end up meeting that lives out here is great. It took me a while to get used to. I think that was the hard part. Okay. That, there you go. There's the hard part. <laughs> living in Oakland for a really long time, people would, if people stopped and said hi to you or waved, you're like, what are you trying to sell me? What pamphlet are you about to put in my hand? And now (laughs) out here, people, people would wave at you and like, say hi. And you're like, I don't know you, but that, that seems weird initially. And now I'm like, I wave at everybody. And I'm like, why, how did that change? And it's a great change, but that was probably for me, like the weirdest thing. Um, I don't know. But a pleasant one, it, a very yes, pleasant, yeah. wonderful, wonderful change. But I think living in Oakland for a long time, it took me a while to, I think, I guess, let my guard down on that. Sure, I don't know.
1: I I think that is a a, a natural, very common thing that people go through here. That you know, you have to. It's like you're regaining a sense of trust in people. Yeah, and you know, people here generally are they want to help, they want to get to know you, and just wait till you've been here, you know, 10, 20 years and then you're you're like related to everybody. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, I I'm I'm I am very much looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> so cool. It's funny because I miss uh I miss Indian food, right? Indian takeout or Indian restaurants. And so, you know, coming to Bishop after living in an urban area for 30 years, you know, that's the one thing that I always go back to, but that's like a minor, minor thing. Right. And to your point about being able, can you go to the store and get it or do you need to order it? It also just kind of reminds people sometimes, do I really need that? You know? Yeah, true. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's it's definitely, definitely different. Um, So Matt, you've alluded a little bit about your role? What, what are some of the stuff you're, you're working on in your role right, right now?
3: Sure. Yeah. With, um, with Mono County specifically, and, um, it's with the social services, uh, division, they, um, they received a grant from the California Department of Aging, um, and the grant specifically called access to technology grant. Mm. And, um, the, The folks in social services had reached out to me, um, when they were thinking about applying for the grant. Um, when I was at Mono County in the IT department, one of my favorite things was to, um, do monthly kind of trainings for all the staff on how do we use these programs that we interact with every, every, every day? And Mm -hmm. how do we learn how to use this technology better? How do we make this technology a tool rather than a hurdle? And, um, and I, like I love that stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever be an actual like teacher teacher. Um, but I love that I love that part of my job at at, at Mono County. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when they were thinking about this program, they were like, Oh, we should talk to Matt, which I mean was like a huge compliment yeah. to me. I was like, "Wow! Like I haven't seen you all in like a year and a half, and you <laughs> still thought about me. That's so wonderful." <laughs> um, I guess that's always a, a, a good way to leave uh, an organization. Um, so when they reached out to me about it, I was like, "Yes, let's mm-hmm. do this." And essentially, they we 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 put together a bit of a an over an overview of a program that we would want to provide to seniors mm-hmm. so they could apply for the grant um, and then like eight months later they were like yeah we got the grant I'm like oh yeah we talked about this like eight months <laughs> <Yeah>. ago so <laughs> much has happened since then um, and I was like yeah I'm still in let's do it and essentially the the program that we're running right now has two pieces to it um, one there's the like the senior technology sessions uh, that we're doing with with your team Christopher here at the library and essentially those are one on one sessions with seniors, they get an hour with me Mm -hmm. and we work on whatever they want. And that sounds very wide open because it is literally very wide open. And I've seen everything from, I don't know how to do this thing on my phone to, I have this really great long list of questions about different devices and what is this and how does that work and how do these work together? And how do I make this all happy? Mm -hmm. Um, to, you know, like, I mean, one of the one of the great ones, actually, I think we did at the the Benton Library was um, uh, a husband and wife came in and they're they're looking to build essentially uh, an oral history book um, of all these stories that her her father had told her, and it was the coolest project. Wow! And she had all these beautiful, great old photos from like from her family and everybody else. And, like, how do I make this into a book that I can then create and then give to everybody in our family and I mean, that requires technology, yeah. right? You have to like scan the photos. You have to figure out how to like edit and like and like all the all the different stories. Like, how do you put it together in, into a book that you can then get produced for a reasonable amount of money? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I never, I didn't think. I thought people were going to show up and be like, how do I use an iPhone?
1: <laughs> right?
3: Because I, I, that's. I was like, oh, that's a pretty common question. That's the questions I hear from my parents and and my my wife's parents. Um, but. This was something totally different. I was like, "Wow, this is really it's super cool!" Like, and it is. it's something that they're going to create. That I mean, I wish I would have had that from my grandparents, like, and or my great grandparents, mm-hmm. like their stories and picture. Like, it's just kind of a beautiful thing. Um, so, there's the senior technology sessions, as we mentioned, and I guess at some point we can talk about the f- ones coming up we have some in colville
2: yeah coming I up will, this episode will come out just after the one on the 17th in okay. Colville. but um yep. we we've already been in discussion about yep. doing this like maybe every other month for a year right something yeah like that and
3: yeah we got we got, we got funding through the rest of the year funding through mm-hmm.
2: it. so those of yeah. you who are going to get you know devices or things for your holiday gifts mm-hmm. you know they'll if you're a senior there'll be something at your local library probably january that you can Come learn a little bit more about how to navigate it but this is exactly. like just one part of part of it grant. yeah yeah so
3: the other the other part of it is um, the county part of the part of the grant the county has a budget to purchase these really interesting um, senior focused tablets and by senior focused I guess what I'm saying is they're they're specifically designed and the operating system around them is designed to be super simple for seniors so um, a lot of times with Tablets or phones. It's really easy for all of us, myself included, to get lost in the settings. Right. I'll spend ten minutes looking for that weird setting that they just moved, and I want to turn on or off, and that can be a really intimidating thing for everybody, seniors included, right. especially when like it's technology that you've never really messed with before. Right. Um, so these new uh, tablets that the county um, is working essentially the company we're working with to provide these tablets it's called they're called grand pads so like ipad but grand pad like your grandpa (laughs) or grandma it's really cute um and they're they're super simple but they have apps preloaded on them Mm. and there's like really no settings available to the seniors on the unit so they don't have to worry about that i can i break it did i mess it up anything Mm. it's just like it just works and I've had one at my house for a little over a year now. And I use it all the time. <laughs> I think it's great. Like, I just love how simple it is. It's kind of like I want to go back to a flip phone, but then I really like having a camera in my pocket. So it's like, if we could figure that out. But it's, it's like that. It's just simple. So it works. Forward. I turn it on. It works. I want to listen to music. I push the music button. It starts playing music. I'm like, this is great. Um, <laughs> And there's like, there's the really, I think the cool thing about it is there's a phone built into it. And the thing I love about it that I wish somebody would figure out how to do on our phones is you can only receive phone calls from people that are listed as a contact on the device. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, nice. I know, right? I'm like, oh, wow. If like, if only we could fix that, <laughs> um, <laughs> where spam callers, et cetera, mm-hmm. like it just doesn't even go through. So it's kind of great in, in a way. And I mean, I don't want to say this in like a, a scary way, but it it does protect those seniors from mm-hmm. those, from those phone calls. And then, you know, when they're using the internet, it doesn't actually allow them to download anything. So they can't accidentally download like a virus or something of that nature that would cause them to, to open themselves up to phishing to or anything right. else of that nature. I mean, there's still opportunity for that, I guess, but it's, um, it's kind of great. Um, and I think for a lot of seniors, this is the, the grand pad, it's kind of like an iPad on training wheels. Mm -hmm. So my, my hope and dream and what I've seen already with a couple of seniors from this last year is that they, they take on the grand pad, they get really comfortable with it. They learn the technology, my hope and dream, they'll then want to graduate to like
1: a real one, a real one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like take
3: off the training wheels and like go get on some dirty trails. Right. And have some fun. And, but it's kind of hard to go from, I don't have any experience to an iPad. Right. Right. So this is like a nice, like a little stepping stone for them. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about this program, they're free. I know it's <laughs> some like scary four letter word. So but they,
1: they just show up and, Hey, I want one of these or how does yeah, that so the, work?
3: The best way to do it. And what I, I can do is I can, um, I can give you my, my contact information sure. to, mm-hmm. to list in the, the sure. episode. And, and seniors can, if you're over 60 and you live in Mono County, and you're interested in learning about this, I'll give you, Christopher, my email address. You can you can throw we'll it on the page. We'll put the, it on the, the website. Page. Yeah. yeah, and just send me an email. Great. And I'll even give you my phone number. They can call me too. I, I'm i fine with either one. Um, they can even text if they're really into texting. They can text <laughs> me. We can go that way. Text, phone, email. I, I, we can figure it out. That's so cool. And then we essentially just validate it, that they live mm-hmm. in Mono County, that they're senior, and then we just make sure that it's the right match for them, like set expectations. And as long as it is, great. Um, I get one ordered for you. We coordinate a meetup day time where they live, and they have a gram pad.
2: You know, it's interesting. It sounds simple, so but it's just neat. that easy. One of the things I'd learned this was a few years ago when Apple was developing the iPad. Um, one of the reasons the book application was preloaded on the iPad mm-hmm. was to help people navigate this unfamiliar technology. They figured, especially if you were an older person, you would kind of understand what a book was. So you would likely tap on the book application and Mm -hmm. open it up. And then they made it so you could navigate kind of like flipping a page. And and that was a way to kind of introduce people to this new device who might not be as comfortable with like setting up an email account or doing something else. Um, So... The grand pads sound like a cool, more streamlined version of that, that is kind of more focused and helps, like you say, is, is training wheels to get yeah. you right. in position to do something more. Oh, exactly. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think the the great thing about it too is that it helps it's I've I, I've seen it help a lot of seniors try to figure out what do I want from the internet? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I think it's sometimes it's very difficult with technology to know. Why am I using this? Right. like does this bring
2: me joy? right,
3: and I don't know,
2: like, or do you have to because you have to? Yeah. I, nowadays exactly. as you one of your stories, you know nowadays you have to have an internet link to apply for a job to yeah. occasionally mm-hmm. pay your bills right. to do they, oh, yes. those other options are gone and well, so well, and for
1: some seniors, it's the you know the connection to their grandchildren or their great grandchildren because the, those kids only know texting. They don't even know, you know, calling right. to speak to somebody on a phone. It's oh, yeah. just all texts. They so won't even answer. They They don't. <laughs> I have some of those people. <laughs> I know.
2: I'm just thinking I'm, I'm kind of lucky in my family. Like my mom, she knows she's her way around an iPad like crazy. She's better than me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just funny, but you know, she has the time. Mm-hmm and right. the resources to spend to learn it, you know. And
1: it can, she obviously has the, um, you know, the gumption and the, right. you know, the guts to to get involved with right. tech because some folks are just afraid of it. Yes, yeah. And, you know, this is a great solution for, for those folks.
3: I, yeah, I I, I I totally agree. I think it's, it's a really great way to kind of take down some of those barriers. Yeah. Um, especially the one-on-one sessions too. You know, I think that's, the, between the grand pads and the one-on-one sessions, I think we're trying to—I don't want to say like attack the problem, but mm-hmm. that's essentially what it is. That how can we how can we break down some of these barriers and get get seniors more comfortable with the how to use this technology?
2: Have you? We haven't talked about this. I haven't asked you this question. Yeah. Are, um, you know, we are very rural, as we talked about, and broadband isn't everywhere. And if you have this kind of provider in one part of the county and you drive to the other part of the county, suddenly your phone doesn't work. Like, are you up? Are you running up against seniors who? don't have the connectivity at home that they need or
3: it, it, it it is coming up here and there. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in some of the lovingly more like far flung mm-hmm. areas, um, mm-hmm. it definitely, the, the the providers haven't made it all the way out there. Yeah. Um, I will say one of the cool things about the grand pad program is if um, we've run into this already where there's a couple of seniors where they're, they live where there isn't as good of, uh, like cell phone or mm-hmm. internet connectivity. And GrandPad will actually send them a very specifically designed router to uh, help improve their mobile signal. Wow. So the GrandPads already have a data plan built into them, like your phone, okay. and they can do Wi-Fi. But if for some reason it's still not enough to make it work right, like they'll actually send you this really oh, cool little cool. specific like, Wi-Fi router that will convert mobile to Wi-Fi. Amazing. For them. It's amazing. It's it's rad. Like when they, when they said it was available, I was like, Oh yeah, right. You'll, you'll probably never really give us one. And we've already pushed like four or five out of four that's or awesome. five out to seniors and it's no additional cost. It's just part of the program. Like if you need it and this thing isn't, this device isn't working for you where you are because of signal availability, like they will kick that over to you for free. Oh,
2: that's amazing. It's
3: really cool. Like, yeah. And, um, hopefully uh, in the future, the broadband situation will improve.
2: Yeah. I know they're working on it. Yeah. They are. Um, yeah, well, listen, Mono County seniors, if you're listening to this and you're at all interested, go to our webpage, or we'll put it on the library website as well, um, and information where you can find yeah. out more about this this stuff from Matt. This is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. So, Matt, we heard a little bit about your climbing th- that you love to do. What What else do you love to do in your free time?
3: In for, well, free
1: what time, little yeah. you have of oh, it. Oh man. <laughs> um,
3: Well, it's, it's funny. I think, um, I don't know if this is like a a Bishop curse, but it seems like a lot of, a lot of my friends that we were first attracted to, to, to Bishop because of climbing. Once we moved here, we all like kind of start climbing less and less. And I've found that I've started climbing less and less. (laughs) And it's that every corner I turn, I find something else I want to go do. Um, I've always really loved riding bikes, um, specifically uh, road biking, mm-hmm. and uh, I always really liked climbing hills. So Bishop's kind of like the best place ever for, mm-hmm. as my wife would say, there's something wrong with your brain. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I, I, I ride road bikes a lot nice. and um, mostly up hills, and then we get to go back down the hills, which is <laughs> sort of fun. Um, and then I do a lot of, uh, out of my garage, like a lot of like woodworking um, I really enjoy that. And last year I was like, Oh, I really want to learn how to make cutting boards. And uh I don't I didn't do a final count, but I think it was anywhere between 80 and hundred cutting boards I made <laughs> last year.
2: That's awesome. So um so everyone got one as gifts. Every everybody
3: that I know got got one. And I think my my brother in law uh somehow got two. Uh <laughs> I forgot that I gave him one, so he he got two. Um that's great. But um no, they're super fun and it's been a, a good way for me to Kind of dig in on something I'm super interested in. I've, you know, even my um, my my grandfather had a really great wood shop, and uh, mm-hmm. he taught me a little, a lot of really valuable lessons in there. So it's been really fun to kind of reconnect to that as a hobby and and learn more. Um, even managed to pull my ten uh, year old neighbor into a couple of woodworking oh, cool. projects. Awesome. We made a fun like chessboard table. Um, I think when she grows another five inches, it will be much safer for her to use the table saw. <laughs> we tried using like a stool in the, t- in the table saw, and then I was like, I don't think this is really a good idea. I'll just cut everything. It's fine. You can do all, <laughs> you can do all the gluing and playing and like sanding. And I think she liked the gluing. She didn't like the sanding.
1: Um, no, nobody likes sanding. I That's, do. Do you? I love it. That's good to I know. I love it. It's great. It's well, just... Know, when you rewarding. when you pivot to charcuterie boards let let me know and i you know <laughs> oh, do you yeah. like your first customer that's,
3: that's, well that's i mean funny. it's it's pretty much the same thing as a cutting board it's funny actually a lot of the people i end up making cutting boards for they're like this is too nice i don't want to i don't want to cut on it and they're like i just use it like as a charcuterie board or one of my friends use it uses it as his like little like laptop lap stand. stand. Oh. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's cool. That's, that's not really what it was designed for, but <laughs> right on. Like, you know, whatever makes you happy. Well, hey. um,
1: do you have an Etsy shop?
3: No. so my, my, my role with all the woodworking stuff has been, um, it's supposed to be fun and it's my anti-computer time. Wow. Mm. So if, um, I find that if I turn things that are f- really fun and personally rewarding for me into a business that it then just becomes a business
1: and then it's work
3: and then it's work. And it's like, I already have enough work. I just want to have fun. And That's that way, awesome. like, oh, like I have a, I have a free afternoon. I'm going to go make a ton of sawdust. And I can do it for fun, not out of, like, pressure of, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, might, I need to get these 10 cutting boards delivered to these, you know, right. these folks. And, yeah. It's more. That's so
1: cool.
2: You know what I love about here about this because Will's and I have commented on this repeatedly. We live in Bishop too. I commute up to Mono County every day, and my mother, who still lives in the house I grew up in, her husband is a woodcarver and has a shop in his garage. Right. Beautiful. And so you know, we we remarked on that. You know, when we first moved back out here, you know, Don's wood shop is awesome. You know, it's carved out a portion of the garage. And now where we live in Bishop, we go out and we walk the dog in the evening. Everyone's got their garage door open and every other garage has some sort of shop in it. Yeah. Yeah. Wood shop or something else going on. And like, it is such a culture thing and it's so awesome, right? Like, Everyone's kind of getting away from their work, or getting away for something, or getting into create yeah. um, something, which is just amazing. But it's just so funny because we would joke about like, why does everyone have their garage doors open? Like, you know, um, but you realize there's stuff going on in there. You know, yeah. I, I wonder
1: awesome. if the fact that we don't have to deal with commute times. You know, to or from work, that we can leave our jobs, get home in a reasonable, reasonably short amount of time, mm-hmm. and then we have like some evening hours to do creative you know pursuits and things like that i I wonder if that lends itself to more people having shops in their garage yeah. and those kinds of things. I don't know. Just throwing
2: it out there. Be a fun research project. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, But no, that's awesome. So uh, if you do start an Etsy shop, let us know. We'll put a link on the website. Um. (laughs) 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 Matt, we always end our conversations by asking our guests if they have a book they would recommend or if they're a book that that you're currently reading that you would like to talk about. And I understand you have both.
3: I I have one of each. So, Mm -hmm. um, Typically with um with any of my clients um that I work with, uh small businesses, nonprofits, whatnot, um, there's one book I I always try to recommend to them to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a small business owner or run a nonprofit or just want to think more about how to how to represent your your brand in general, um, there's a a book by a gentleman named Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. And um I think it's excellent. It, uh, essentially teaches you how to position your, and you guys will like this cause this mm-hmm. is about stories, but, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> how to position your brand as the essentially like in, uh, each individual's life story. Mm-hmm. So, um, that you're, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily need to be like the hero of the story. You're not, you're not trying to solve everybody's problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, each individual, as customers, they're, they're the, they're the hero of their own story. Right. And you're there as like, essentially they're, they're like Gandalf, right. To like, <laughs> to like lead them and guide <laughs> them and help them make good decisions and like help them to achieve their greatness. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd never really thought about brands that way before. And, um, this is a, a, a really good way in it, to, to start to think that way about mm-hmm. your brand and like how you can help people achieve their their goals whatever they might be right whether it's a mattress or Mm -hmm. designing a new website Mm -hmm. or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be uh the cool thing about this book too is it also has like an online component uh to it where you actually go and like you do these like little mini workshops to like figure out all these pieces so if you go through the book and do the workshops at the same time you essentially will come out of this with like I don't want to say like a marketing strategy, but it's like a way to think about repositioning your brand. Sure. Um, And it's, I I think it's really helpful and I've, I've seen it work from anywhere from people selling coffee to like nonprofit organizations that are trying to improve education or make libraries available to everybody. Like it's really interesting. And for me, I I had to read through it once and then go back and do the Uh workshops because it was so much, my brain was just spinning so fast. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, building a story brand. Uh, All right, right okay. um, cool. cool. Um, and then the other one uh, that I just finished reading. Um, well, it's actually it's actually four books. Okay. A um, uh, local person, uh, gentleman named uh, Trevor Van Winkle. Uh, okay. He has a series of four books called called the Grasland Tales. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say like it's like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but I also really like books like that mm-hmm. and series like that. So like sure. Lord of the Rings or like. I mean, the new one that's on TV that is making me sad, but the wheel of time, things like that, (laughs) um, hopefully it gets people to read the books. Um, (laughs) but his, his stories are excellent. They're, uh, there's four of them. I couldn't find them locally and he had actually directed me to just purchase them on Amazon. Um, very reasonably priced short reads, like 150, 170 pages each. Um, I, I thought they were excellent. Like I actually really enjoyed them and, uh, He has some like little uh, Easter eggs in there about the Eastern Sierra that I thought was really
2: cool. Oh, that's cool.
3: Um, so, so yeah.
2: So kind of like a fantasy
3: genre. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, I guess I don't want to be like, or maybe like less like Lord of the Rings and more like the Hobbit (laughs)
1: Um,
3: where it's like, you know, uh, you know, first person telling the story of like their adventure and like, you know, writing their diary and their story. And that's the adventure. It's, it's, really cool and like I don't know I think um, I think the way that he he created it was I I, I was definitely engaged the whole time and I'm definitely one to like pick up fantasy books and try it out for a book and be like well that was cool I probably won't buy the other 14 of these you know but um, his I was like oh I'll buy one we'll see and I was like after like halfway through the first one, I just went online and bought the other three. <laughs> I'm, awesome. reading all, I'm reading all four. Like this so, is great.
2: So, did you find out about them from him directly, from Trevor directly, or did you find out? Because I'm just curious. It's oh, not sure. a widely known book. So
3: yeah, um, so Trevor actually works for uh, one of my clients. Uh, okay. ML, M- I work with MLTPA,
2: mm-hmm. and um with Lake Trails. Right.
3: Yeah, Trails Public Access. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The PA part got me for a while too. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. It's just it's a like everybody has so many acronyms. Um, (laughs) and he, and he works for them. And, um, he had mentioned, he, he also does a, a a podcast and he had mentioned his podcast. So I like looked on there and I was like, wait, wait, you wrote some really cool looking books too. He's like, oh yeah, 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 that, that, that stuff too. Like very, very, very (laughs) modest, very like low key about it. And typical um, local. yeah, Yeah, exactly. So that was part of my like excitement about being like at the end of the fourth book, right around the time I was coming here, I was like, oh, cool. I get <laughs> to tell people it. about his book because lovingly maybe he won't. Can um, tell us
1: the name again.
3: Uh, the Grasland Tales, okay. G-R-A-Z-L-A-N-D. All right, And there's four of them. They're excellent.
2: Uh, and we will, listeners, we will put uh, The Grasland Tales by local Trevor Van Winkle and Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand on our webpage wow. so you don't have to pull over and write these titles down. We'll give you the links where you can find out about how to how to acquire them yourself. That's that's awesome.
1: Well, Matt, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate it's been it. Really fun.
2: It has been fun. And thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of the oxygen starved podcast. Stay tuned. Our next episode will be our top picks of the year as ever with a yearly guest bookie joint Dave. Um, We're all excited to hear what we're each going to pick and have a happy Thanksgiving. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. O2 starved Facebook and oxygen starved podcast.com comment. Send us questions, send us book suggestions. We love getting that stuff from you. In the meantime, drive safely, have a happy Thanksgiving, and you'll we'll hear from us soon.
1: Take care.
0: Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. in competech.com. Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.